Welcome listeners to Take the Hill, a podcast that connects you with leaders who are demonstrating phenomenal leadership within their respective fields. So I am Patrick Mavahill, Assistant Professor at the Roland School of Business. And I'm Dennis Furkatich, Assistant Professor at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. All right, so for those of you who have not listened to our first podcast, you know who we are. And again, our goal is, to, again, to connect you with leaders who are exhibiting phenomenal leadership and changing the landscape of their industries. Uh, we will launch a new episode of our podcast at the end of the month. But mid-month, what we do is we go back and reflect a little bit upon the previous interview that we did. In this case, uh, we're going to be going back and thinking about some of the things that Lee Cockerell, who was the executive vice president of operations at Walt Disney World Resorts, and basically run through some of the things that he talked about. Uh, if you have not yet had the chance to listen to that podcast, go ahead and hit the pause button and jump back to episode number one. And it's about 35 minutes. And again, take a listen to some of the things that he talked about. Uh, it was a great interview. So we are going to jump into that today, as well as Dennis announcing our next guest at the end of the podcast, uh, who we are certainly excited uh, to have joining us here at the end of this month. So let's just jump into it. Um, as you know, Lee Cockrell really talked about kind of three big core ideas. One of those was to hire the right people. He really talked about training and development and especially empowering the individuals within your organization. And then lastly, he turned it around to thinking about how you as a leader or manager exhibits or role models the characteristics that you want to see within your organization. And I think we're going to start there at that point, uh, exhibiting and role modeling the characteristics because Lee spent a good amount of time during that interview talking about how he had to change as a leader. And Dennis, I know that was one thing that really struck a chord with you. Yes, I thought it was very interesting uh, how he started out his, the interview with you and where he began to talk about his start as a leader, as a manager, and how he was a Doberman and uh, the perception or the reputation that he had built at Marriott. And I thought it was very interesting that uh, on his first trip to meet one, or one of his trips to meet uh, a, one of his employees, the person actually went to the hospital because they were actually so sick in, in preparing for his visit that they, they just, I mean, they just broke down. So his reputation as a Doberman or an individual who um, may be autocratic or hard or whatever the case would have been, um, but the thing that really struck me was that uh, he recognized and uh, started to see the identity that he had built for himself, and he didn't like it, and he seen the need for change, and he began to work on that, and later on he discusses how uh, he went to Disney and actually became a Cocker Spaniel, and I really appreciated that, but he realized the need to change uh, his reputation, uh, to become an individual that was more engaged with his employees instead of um he began to identify well i think the thing that you're you're getting to and is the idea of you know whenever we are leaders or managers within an organization you know most of the time spent is really focused on what our employees are doing you know we're working on their faults or things that they're not doing really well where many of us really don't begin that process with 
a good self-assessment of us as leaders. And that's the thing I think that you brought out, Dennis, that Lee really talked about whenever he made that transition to Disney. Because at Marriott and the prior hotels that he worked at, you know, he was known as that Doberman. Right? And that reputation preceded him because he expected things to be done a certain way. And he demanded that they were done when they needed to be done in lieu of, you know, spending time with their family or going to an event that one of their children might have. And it wasn't until he started to take leadership courses when he realized, you know what, maybe this isn't the right approach. Yeah. And another point he made was that this just doesn't happen overnight. He recognized the need to change, but he realized that uh, it took time. Um, so, again, that's one of the mistakes we make. Sometimes we identify an issue and we think it changes overnight, but uh, it's a process. It takes time to make those changes uh, in reference to your leadership style or your management style. Yeah, and I think the, the real big takeaway there is, you know, at any point in time, and, and it's somewhat inherent to us as human beings, you know, when we look at others, you know, we always try to look at them and say, how are they different from us? You know, you know, them being different than the way that we normally operate. I would challenge you guys to start to think about how am I different from them? What am I doing in terms of how I manage and how I lead is not working or not effective because it doesn't necessarily align with you know, the vision or the way that my employees operate. So, yeah. And I think you made another point with his Cocker Spaniel uh, analogy that it doesn't mean that you give up who you are as a manager or as a person, your personality and so forth. You realize that uh, you can still, he said, as he said, that you can still bite. But he, he realized that he needed to treat people better. Uh, that he couldn't be that aggressive, uh, that he had to uh, begin to trust and, and deal with the people in a different manner. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, you know, we all go out, and this is a perfect segue in terms of hiring and developing. You know, at the end of the day, we hire for talent. We hire for skill sets and characteristics that we want to see in a particular role. But at the end of the day, human beings still show up on that first day of work. Right. And again, you know, as leaders and managers and as Lee kind of talked about, you know, we kind of had to shift and think about you know, leadership in terms of a little bit more of a humanistic approach. I mean, those are individuals that he's working with and not necessarily a role or set of responsibilities. I think Lee understood the value of relationships. Um, yes. Because relationships, again, are so important that it's two-way. I think he realized that it was a two-way um, relationship and not just one him coming and dictating to an individual you know this is how I mean he even said that he became part of that organization at Marriott and he just kind of tried to fit in and be like the individuals that um, he worked for and uh, that's how he learned and that's what he did but then uh, you know he found out that that uh, that didn't work so that is actually a really great segue into this second point that he talked about in the interview with regards to hiring the right people and providing the opportunities for them to receive professional development and training. And you as the leader, you know, really empowering that individual to grow. And he referenced uh, Jim Collins, and we, again, are in 100% agreement here at in his book, Good to Great, introduced the idea that, you know, to, to really focus on getting the right people in your organization first. Then you can think about roles. Then you can think about strategy. And Lee, I think, talked about this point 
you know, especially on that empowering side, you know, and, yeah. and having that two-way relationship that you talked about, Dennis. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, Patrick, but uh, when you hire somebody that doesn't fit that position, um, you you find out you have a lack of trust in that individual. You um, And again, you're not able to empower that individual, and if you're not able to empower that individual, uh, you're not able to meet the goals or the vision or the mission uh, of the organization. So I think it's key what he said that you hire the right people and then you empower them and you step back. Uh, I think that's so important. A lot of uh, managers and leaders, uh, one of the issues they have is they're not able to let go. And uh, he emphasized the need to empower and let go and step back and let people do uh, what they're best at. Yeah, and a lot of that, you know, I think that, that letting go is really surrounding insecurity, right? Whether we don't know what that individual role is or we're not really comfortable in our, our respective role in terms of our leadership abilities now, but a lot of the times that letting go is, is underpinned by an insecurity within ourselves for some reason. Yeah, and I thought it was really uh, important to think about uh, Disney, you know, the person who is the CEO is just as important as that person who is cleaning the sidewalks or sweeping. And, and again, it's um, hiring the right people, putting them in the right place and letting, letting them do their job. Yeah, and I think that really tees up that last point that we want to talk about here in, in terms of reflecting on our interview is, you know, everybody is critically important as it relates to the development of the culture in your organization. And the kind of the paradigm that it, I like to use is, you know, think of your culture within your organization almost as if it's a formula within a beaker, like a chemistry set. Any change that you make, whether it's at the executive level, or as Dennis said, you know, if it's that person coming in who is taking out the trash, you know, overnight when, when cleaning up when nobody's there, right? Any change that you make to that organization or that formula in some way is going to change that culture, right? And that change, again, like you said, whether you know, is it, whether it's extremely visible at the executive level, or it's something that you know most individuals might not see. It seems to be small. Like you said, it's still going to change that culture in some way. So you know, if you look at the last three points that we talked about, you know, your self-assessment and what you're doing as a leader. That second point about hiring and developing and empowering individuals. You know, if you add those two together that's going to create the culture within your organization. Right? And again, I think if you kind of just let it happen, you know, you're kind of taking a little bit of a risk. Yeah. Right? And I think of that culture that was developed in uh, when he was talking about Marriott, it wasn't a very, uh, very conducive to a uh, acceptable work environment. Think about the manager that he was visiting was he didn't enjoy coming to work he wasn't looking forward to meeting his boss um so we see that culture was pretty toxic and um <clears throat> so again a culture is and i think of it this way it's a place where i want to go work it's a place i want to be a part of it's a place that i want to contribute and if you don't have a culture that uh, permeates that um that type of environment um it can, again it can uh strain the relationships, the relationships we talk about, relationships between the leader and the workers. And uh, again, it's, it doesn't, um, doesn't help the bottom line of the organization. Yeah, and I think that's the main takeaway. I think if, you know, in terms of reflecting on that interview, it's really leadership and management is really all about the relationship. 
And yes, it's important to understand the theories and how and the mechanics as to how you can become a good manager or a good leader. But again, it all begins with the relationship. So any final mm. thoughts that you have from the interview, no. Dennis? No, I just think that uh, it's a, it was a great opportunity to learn from someone who has examples and proven successes uh, within uh, such a great organization such as Disney. And we always think about how... You know, you're doing it on a small scale or you're doing it on a scale that, you know, Mr. Cockerell did with over 50,000 people under his operations and the extensive, you know, operations underneath what he has done. So in closing, uh, again, like I said, this is the reflection on the previous podcast that we did with Lee Cockerell. So looking forward a little bit, you know, we are going to be launching the next interview here in a couple of weeks, but the guest that we'll be having, again, we're super excited to have him. Uh, the individual that you're going to get to meet next is retired Lieutenant Colonel David Berkey. Uh, David will be joining us. Uh, he's a phenomenal leader. Uh, he was a Marine F-18 pilot. Uh, he rose to the crop of his squadron and was eventually found himself at Top Gun, the premier fighter school out there on the West Coast and he did several deployments overseas and also returned as an instructor at Top Gun. Eventually he was promoted to become the first commanding officer of the first F-35 squadron. Uh, those are the next generation fighters so he oversaw that program for a while and currently he is a leadership consultant with Echelon Front uh, who is doing some really great things within organizations around leadership as well. So stay tuned for our third episode where we speak with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Berkey. Uh, we'd also like to thank the Roland School of Business, who is a sponsor for this podcast and kind of making a lot of this happen. Uh, so check out the show notes for the timeline of this episode, as well as some additional resources. And anytime that you have questions or comments, you know, Dennis and I would certainly love to hear from you. Our contact information is also within the show notes as well. So thank you. I look forward to uh, seeing you guys in the next round. Yeah, same here. Uh, I enjoyed this. All right, thank you. Thank you.